This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Thou my soul shalt 
shelter thou my high tower raise me heaven onward O power of my power riches I heed not nor vain empty praise thou my inheritance now and always thou and thou only thy first in my heart great God of heaven my treasure thou art light of my soul after victory won may I reach heaven's choice O heaven's son heart of my own heart whatever befall still be my vision O ruler of all welcome to this worship service good neighbors you are listening to a neighbors united in christ parish worship service sponsored by the lutheran churches of deronda little falls and trinity my name is lauren Tag, and i'm the bridge minister here thanks today to debbie Tag and jim haugrud our musicians and thanks to our recording engineer isaac christensen for keeping us on track and putting this recording together and many thanks to each of you who are listening today. You can listen to each weekly service live at 8 a.m. on WPCA radio at 93.1 FM or live on their website at wpcaradio.org each Sunday morning. You can also listen anytime through our podcast, available on your smartphone via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, which is nuicparish.org. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to our services whenever you get the chance, and to our new services, which download each Sunday morning. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-268. 9577 by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, or through our website, which again is nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Olive Johnson. We want to thank Olive and WPCA Radio for this broadcast. We depend on the generosity of listeners like you to keep this broadcast going. Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Even though we aren't all together in a church today, we are gathered in Jesus' name, and he is present with each of us, wherever we may be today. His presence with us is a gift we celebrate and proclaim as we worship together. We are in the season of Easter and we will be having communion today. 
so as you participate in our service, you may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle, a cross, and a Bible to follow along with our Bible readings for today. We continue our worship service, asking God to bless our time together in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join me and listen as I read the Confession of Sin. We confess our sins before God and one another. Forgiving God, we spend so much of our time doubting you, doubting ourselves, failing to place our trust in you. Our lack of faith causes us to stumble, and when we fall, we fall far. Forgive us our sin and lift us so that we can rise to the challenge of carrying out your mission. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. God is merciful and just. God offers forgiveness for all who ask it. Receive now the entire forgiveness of all your sins and walk with the power of the Holy Spirit for the sake of Jesus, amen. Listen again as Jim and Debbie sing our gathering songs. to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. My gracious Master and my God, assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the earth abroad the honors of Thy name. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease. Tis music in the sinner's ears, tis life and health and peace. He breaks the power of cancel sin, he sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean, His blood availed for me. Hear him, ye deaf, His praise ye dumb, Your loosened tongues employ. Ye blind, behold, your Savior come, And leap ye lame for joy. Glory to God and praise and love be ever, ever given by saints below and saints above, the church in earth and heaven. I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul The lily of the valley In him alone I see All my needs to cleanse and make me fully whole In sorrow he's my comfort in trouble he's my stay He tells me every care on him to roll 
He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He all my grief has taken and all my sorrows bore. In temptation he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken and all my idols stored from the heart and now he keeps me by his power. Though all the world forsake me and Satan tempt me so, through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do his blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. With his manna he my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up in glory to see his blessed face, where the rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Thanks, Debbie and Jim, for those songs. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please join your hearts with mine as I pray the prayer of the day. God of all wisdom, Paul knew how to sit with people in their own reality before bringing them along the journey of the story of Christ. Teach us to honor people's journeys with grace and respect. Amen. The text for today is from Acts, the 17th chapter, verses 16 through 31. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and also in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Also some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him. Some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be proclaiming uh, uh, foreign gods. This was because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took him and brought him to the Areopagus and asked him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? He sounds rather strange to us, so we would like to know what it means. 
Now all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship. I found among them an altar with the inscription, to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor, he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people to everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day in which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And this is he who he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Here ends the first lesson. The second lesson is from John, the first chapter, verses 16 through 18. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. Here ends the reading.
Well, today's passage was uh, one that was interesting because I remember hearing a number of years ago in school that this was one of Paul's sermons that wasn't received really well, that it wasn't uh, a successful sermon. And we sometimes find that uh, we all have that issue with us, that uh, some of our sermons don't always become very successful or people don't understand what we're really trying to say or they don't like how we say it. So maybe Paul even had that problem, but there were some things that we did learn from this uh, sermon that I think we need to remember. Uh, it's important to know that the, the desire of Paul at this point was walking through a city and seeing all sorts of idols and different gods, and he knew who Jesus was and who God was. And it dismayed him, it made his heart sick. He wanted so much to be able to share the story of God. How do you do it? What, what is your first statement? Where, where do you go with it? And Paul tried as he looked around and he saw these different gods, then he saw this one plaque to an unknown God. And what he tried to do then was he didn't go and condemn the people for what they believed or whatever. He started with them saying, I see that you respect uh, your gods, that there is a, a sense of uh, intelligence and argument and passion. I want to tell you about this one that you say is the unknown God and bring you how we know him as the, as the one true God. It's interesting that in doing that, he was trying to meet people where they were at. He didn't come in the first thing and declare that they were all wrong. He just wanted to take them into the journey and invite them to go along with. As many of you know, this is a Lutheran group that gets together here for worship. Sometimes we get to interact with other people of other denominations. And uh, when I got together with my Baptist friends way back in the day, I didn't first talk to them about baptism, whether it was infant or adult or whatever. We sat there and talked about having a relationship with this Jesus. There would be times where we would discuss those things that we disagreed upon. But first of all, we tried to find the common ground so that as a family, together, we could worship together, pray together, and talk, and uh, move from there. We want to meet where people are at. One of my favorite devotions when I was growing up was about a, uh, a farmer down in Iowa who uh, had a neighbor who wasn't going to church. They were a poor, poor family. And this farmer went over and invited him to come to church and said, it'd be great to have you come, you and your family. And he said, well, I've thought about coming, but I just don't have anything other than these old coveralls. I don't have a suit. I just wouldn't fit in. The farmer assured him that he would fit in and that he'd be more than welcome. And so finally he talked him in, into going and the farmer went over and picked him up at his home and drove him to the church. And the farmer did a neat thing. He wore coveralls so the new one to come to visit, didn't have to worry about being the only one without a suit. 
my folks used to complain a little bit about uh, when I became a youth director in the cities and there we'd go to worship in tennis shoes and uh, sometimes uh, shirts, uh, t-shirts and other and jeans when they were so used to always putting on their Sunday best. But it changed in the 60s and, and so it became a thing where we uh, tried to meet kids where they were at. One of my favorite stories that I've shared with the, the church at Little Falls and Deronda and Trinity here is one where a group of people wanted to get the college next to their church involved, but they just didn't know how to reach out to those kids. So they thought about it, they worked on it, tried different programs, but they still didn't seem to get it, but they at least were trying. And then one night, his name is Bill. He has wild hair, wears a t-shirt with holes in it, jeans, and no shoes. This was literally his wardrobe for his entire four years of college. He was brilliant, kind of esoteric, and very, very bright. He became a Christian while attending college, and across the street from the campus is a well-dressed, very conservative church. They want to develop a ministry to the students, but are not sure how to go about it. But one day, Bill decides to go there. He walks in with no shoes, jeans, and his t-shirt, and wild hair. The service had already started, and so Bill starts down the aisle looking for a seat. The church is completely packed, and he can't find a seat. By now, people are looking a bit uncomfortable, but no one says anything. Bill gets closer and closer and closer to the pulpit. When he realizes there are no seats, he just squats right down on the carpet. Although perfectly acceptable behavior at a college fellowship, trust me, this had never happened in this church before. By now, the people are very uptight and the tension in the air is thick. And about this time, the minister realizes that from way back of the church, a deacon is slowly moving his way toward Bill. Now the deacon is in his 80s, has silver gray hair, a three-piece suit, and a pocket watch. A godly man, very elegant, very dignified, and very courtly. He walks with a cane, and as he starts walking toward this boy, everyone is saying to themselves, you can't blame him for what he's going to do. How can you expect a man of his age and his background to understand some college kid on the floor? takes a long time for the man to reach the boy. The church is utterly silent except for the clicking of the man's cane. All eyes are fixed on him. You can't even hear anyone breathing. The people are thinking the minister can't even preach a sermon until the deacon does what he has to do. And now they see this elderly man drop his cane on the floor. With great difficulty, he lowers himself and sits down next to Bill and worships with him so he won't be alone. Everyone kind of chokes up with the emotion. When the minister gains control, he says, what I'm about to preach, you will never remember. What you have just seen, I hope you will never forget. It's when we learn to look and walk in somebody else's shoes or just to be comfortable with them, to respect them, let them know that they are welcome. It's hospitality at its best when we can meet people who don't always look like we do, don't always act like we do, and don't even like who we are, 
but we still welcome. Another story from back in the 60s was a woman, I've been trying to remember her name, but I guess I'm getting old and I can't remember everything, but she was uh, quite a character. She was a failure at life in many respects, she said. She was rich, very rich, but had an aching heart. One of the comments she made in a recording that she gave, gave uh, back then, she said, for a long time, the, the church has always been talking about the aching back of the poor man. I really wish they would also talk about the aching heart of the rich person. She had had a few marriages that ended in divorce. She was lonely. She was struggling. She'd all but given up on life. In fact, she tried to take her life. And she said, with horror, I woke up in the hospital realizing I was a failure even at suicide. But some friends kept coming to her and talking to her about what it was to be a Christian. She couldn't understand it. She tried and tried, and, but finally during one of her real dark times, somebody invited her uh, to come stay with them and they met her at the airport and at the airport, the man came over to her and he picked up her bags and luggage and said, this is what it's like. You have a burden that you just can't carry on by yourself. But God in Jesus picks up that baggage, that extra baggage and carries it for you and forgives you. And at that moment she caught, or a, a light went on in her head where she started to understand God was, was concerned about her and would take the burdens she'd been carrying all these years and she could get rid of them. It was meeting her where her need was. That again was what Paul was trying to do. Meet the people where their need was. The second thing that I think he did was he had respect of others, of people, others of uh, people of faith from other faiths or religions. We don't have to agree with everybody. It's not our job to make everything sing kumbaya and agree around a campfire or to say the exact same things about how God has worked in our lives or how Jesus has. But we do have to respect because God made everybody, God loves everybody, and wants us to do the same. And that means we need to listen and hear what they have to say and find out what, what points they have that we could learn from. The Muslim community has always amazed me uh, in that they welcome people. Hospitality is a key part of what their faith is when you walk into their village. Whether you're a Muslim or not, they will take care of you. We think and we hear of all the bad things about other people of faith, but we need to understand there are things that can speak to us and how we should learn from them and how we can be better people of faith in following Jesus. How we treat others of different faiths, whether they ever become Christian or not, will speak volumes for who we are. We are people who follow Jesus 
and welcome like Jesus did, offer grace and mercy like Jesus did, offer forgiveness and hope like Jesus did. My job is not to judge, but to love Jesus who died for everybody. And Jesus will take the time to judge in the final day, the one who died for everybody. It's good to leave that in his hands. And then I have the freedom to love, and you have the freedom to love your neighbor. And the third point that I think we can learn from this passage is Paul hurt for those people, and with a heart of love, he proclaimed Jesus. About a, a God who created this world, who sustains it, and who bought us back, who is now our Savior. He wanted a relationship with, for them with God. What a marvelous story we have. What a message we have that can make a difference for other folks. We can't make them, but we can share. We can even argue and discuss and do it passionately. But we point to Jesus. That's who Paul wanted them to know. And today, Jesus is what, is what we want you to know. Today, we want Jesus to be known to your neighbor. Today is the day in which we have the opportunity to walk in the midst of people who have no idea who God is or if there is even a God. And we point to the Jesus, the one who loves us and loves our neighbor. May this be a time as we celebrate Easter that we proclaim the risen one because it brings hope to a dying world. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or Rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail pierced hand than to be the Don't.
I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out of the He's all that my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus and let him be than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. We continue as we confess our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. church, the world, and all those in need. Your servant Paul is a model for approaching the other and sharing the gospel in a spirit of generosity and openness. May we follow his lead and respectfully accompany those whom we serve, rather than preaching without listening or insisting that others agree with us. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. We too are your offspring, O Lord, created in your very image to give glory to you. Forgive us when we try to recreate you in an image of our own choosing for reasons which do not honor you and return us to our true identity as your children. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. There are fewer and fewer places like the Areopagus where each may share their own experience and have their views heard and accepted. We are quick to judge, 
disqualify and justify rather than opening ourselves to being transformed in the presence of one another. Expand our horizons to include more than just those who agree with us and whom we consider part of us. Prison Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power. Send us grace. When assumptions and self-righteousness are released, healing can begin. Free us of all that holds us prisoner without our realizing it, and make us agents of your renewal. Bless today those whom we bring before you, especially Becky Anderson, Arlene Johnson, Craig Olson, Jean Hoisington, Kelsey Zamuda, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Christina Burgett, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Randy Goglin, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Scott Morgan, Maury and Lee Nicholson, and Jeannie Carlson. And we would remember the family of Geneva Phelps. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. <clears throat> we are a motley and diverse group, your saints. Thank you for making us different from one another, yet united in your love and redeemed by your salvation. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. We have indeed received grace upon grace from you, loving God. Accept these, our prayers, and use them to transform hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your continue with the sharing of the peace. Now may the peace of Christ be with you always. You may want to bless yourself or someone worshiping with you using the Trinity formula. Be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You may also want to think of someone this week that you can say peace be with you and bless them with that. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church. Even when we are physically distant, we invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done, to love, 
and to serve our neighbors in need. We'll continue with the offering song. I'll meet you in the morning by the bright riverside When all sorrow has drifted away I'll be standing at the portals when the gates open wide At the end of life's long dreary day I'll meet you in the morning With a how do you do And we'll sit down by the river In 
a city that is built for square. Yes, you'll know me in the morning by the smiles that I wear when I meet in the morning in the city that is built for square we continue with the offering prayer blessed are you O god maker of all things through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us and what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We now continue with communion, and I want to just say get uh, the wine and the bread together uh, as we get ready for this. And to uh, remember some dear ladies that I get to celebrate communion with every month. Uh, Myrna Brown and Edna Henriksen are both over 100 years old. And what a gift it is to think of God's continued faithfulness and grace that has been there with them for over 100 years. For some of us who are quite a bit younger, it's good to see how God remains faithful and how these ladies of faith have continued in their walk. When we celebrate Holy Communion, we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and love that shows us through Jesus's life, death and resurrection. I'll share now the words of institution, then we'll pray together the Lord's Prayer and then I'll invite you to eat the bread and drink the wine. Hear these words. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. And again after supper he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This is my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this wine, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. We pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is my body broken for you.
Now take the wine or grape juice and hear this promise from Jesus. This is my blood shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Now receive the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord, and thanks be to God. Be not dismayed, whatever God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. All you may need, he will. Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amor, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care of you through every day.